Hey folks, welcome to the Catholic Coaching Podcast. My name is Matt. And I'm Erin. We are the Ingolds. We are the founders of Metanoia Catholic, and we are here to talk coaching in the Catholic world. Yes, where we teach people how to become students of their interior life, and we also train and coach other Catholic coaches. So we're excited to have you with us. Let's get started. Hi guys, welcome back. Hello. We are here for our second part of Changing a Habit series. So just um, a brief overview of our last podcast. If you haven't checked it out, go back to the podcast before this, and we're talking about changing a habit. What we covered in that last podcast was two ways to start to change a habit. So the first thing is to understand where habits come from. A lot of times we think we have to go to our behaviors to change a habit. But in fact, we know that they are caused by our thoughts. Yeah, so we think, oh, I'm having a trouble with a certain food that I'm always eating. Like I'm a chocolate person, right? Mm-hmm. We'll go cliche here. And so all I have to do is stop the habit of eating chocolate and therefore I will grow in the virtue of temperance at that mm-hmm. point. And you may. But the actual change, the transformation will not happen permanently. There's a very like small chance that that will happen permanently unless if there's some type of mindset change. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can go that route. It just takes a little bit more time and a lot more effort and there's a whole lot more white knuckling. Which brings me to our next point, which was um, you have you don't have to be in a place of shame or feel terrible about yourself to change a behavior. In fact, um, shame and feeling terrible about yourself is very unmotivating to actually change a behavior. So we know that our emotions actually directly affect our behaviors, Mm -hmm. what we do and what we don't do. And so if we have an emotion of shame... They incline us. Yes. yes. If we have an emotion of shame, we're actually going to go run and hide and probably keep doing the very thing that we want to stop doing. Yeah. Inclinations so. with shame are hiding, mm-hmm. uh, resentment, and it's it's more so like... Blame. Yeah. Blame or bootstrapping, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, yeah. fixing yourself, um, or self-condemnation, self-hatred. Yeah. Uh, and it makes the that, whole process really miserable. Yeah. Not yeah. fun. So Matt and I shared a couple of our favorite um, emotions that we go to for motivation, really. Mm-hmm. And what we want to talk to you all today about is compelling reason. Um, You may hear this in the self-development world and the coaching world is like, you have to come up with a compelling reason. and A big why. Yeah. What's your big why? And and I will say, I kind of want to add to that. I I want to make it compelling reasons because I don't think one reason is usually enough. Yeah, why have one when you can have two or five or 20? Or 20, yeah. Because here's the thing. Changing a habit is uncomfortable. You will face discomfort. Changing any type of habit is uncomfortable. In fact, habits were given to us to actually make our lives easier, right? The very fact that we have habits. Yeah, God designed us to habituate certain things. Yeah, and so changing a habit can be difficult and you actually will face discomfort. So having compelling reasons helps in that face of 
difficulty, which is going to happen. Yeah, kind of like the the Biggest Loser. I don't know if you guys remember that show, but um, it was just a weight loss competition. It had people that started out. The contestants were were a lot of them severely overweight, and it was the winner was the person who won or who lost the most weight or something during the period of time, the evaluation period. And so these coaches, they would have these one-on-one coaches. And they would not accept it when they'd be like, hey, why do you want to lose weight? It's like, oh, I just want to feel better. I want to be healthier. It's like, okay, that's great, but that's not going to be what's really going to motivate you. Do you want to be around when your daughter is like getting married and you want, do you want to walk her down the aisle? Do you want to be around for that? Like, because that's like, like, imagine that. Imagine your daughter walking herself down the aisle because you're not there because you've had a heart attack or you're, uh, you're, you're stuck in a hospital or something like that because you're, your habits are so unhealthy. And all of a sudden these people, they, they start to cry on camera because they're really finding this motivation. They're now moved by this love, in this case, in this example, for their daughter mm-hmm. to be there and want to be there for her at that very special moment. And all of a sudden, like that compelling why, you see like how they these people, they continue to fall back on that again and again and again. And it's not just like, and like wanting to be healthy is a good reason. Mm-hmm. But you've always had that reason. Yeah. If that's your case. And And it hasn't been enough. It's not compelling. (laughs) The actual definition of compelling, and I think this is powerful to share this, is evoking interest, attention, or admiration in a powerfully irresistible way. So nice, having a nice reason... Or I just want to be healthy, which is nice. It doesn't cut I want to it. Fit in these jeans and yeah, it just it does not cut it. It's not evoking interest. It's not making it irresistible. Get my beach body on. It's not really giving it a lot of attention. So, really, what I want would like to say is a compelling reason actually captures your attention, um, and it definitely needs to be more than just nice. It needs to be exciting and motivating. Um, And I think it's like, and I think a lot of people think that they need compelling reasons before they start the actual habit. And I just want to say like, one reason could be a good way to start it off. Mm -hmm. Um, But to not wait to start the habit, the change of habit, all of that stuff that will come to the surface, all that discomfort that will come to the surface will um, drive you to looking for more compelling reasons. So it's it's really hopefully yeah I mean hopefully it will I mean exactly it's, it's one of those things that you do want to keep on revisiting because if you start off with a, a decent reason right that'll kind of get you to a certain level of discomfort I would right? say it gets you to about Tuesday in the week <laughs> yeah but like <laughs> a decent reason but if you don't really have the compelling reason and and this is I think it's like you want to have one and it takes some work to find that compelling reason in fact. In a couple moments here, Aaron's actually going to take me through some work to find a compelling reason to stick with mm-hmm. this Exodus 90 program that I'm getting ready to start with. It starts at the beginning of the, the year because mm-hmm. um, there's some uncomfortable stuff that I was looking at the looking at the things that you commit to for 90 days. Um, no, no television, no movies, no alcohol, uh, cold showers, cold showers, folks. Like every day, like I'm I'm looking at the, like a regular prayer route mm-hmm. in life that you're you're committing to. And so there's a time, there, no eating between meals. So a lot of those things, as I'm like going down this list and I was re- reading through a lot of those, I was like, oh, wow, these are a lot of my buffering behaviors. And so mm-hmm. like looking at these buffering behaviors that I'm, I'm going to be abstaining from at this point, 
Now, a lot of those emotions that I'm trying not to feel, that I'm buffering against with these activities, as I start to abstain from those activities, those emotions are going to come up and they're going to start competing with this desire to really grow. And I, I need a compelling reason at that point. And I don't really, I haven't nailed it yet, yeah. you guys. And so you're going to be kind of on this experiment with us right now and uh, to find a good compelling reason. I know there's one out there. I know we'll find one. I think compelling reasons are, and looking for them and being intentional about finding them, is a desire hack. So if we could actually put a hack to like a desire, that. that's what a compelling reason is. Is understanding that we do need rewards, like when we're actually growing, when we're actually like growing closer to God, growing in virtue, doing uncomfortable things, we need rewards. And it's not bad to say that. Thank and you. so and so I um basically what the definition of desire is, and I think this is really powerful to share this as well, is and this is our church's definition of desire. Um, it's the inclination or movement towards a possible future good. Right now, you are in the old habit of thinking, my buffers are the possible future goods, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. those are my rewards. Can't wait for a drink at the end of the day. Right. Or it's Thursday. Like I get to have a drink on Thursday. That's kind of like been my mindset recently. It's like yeah. I have permission to do it. Whether I want it or not, I find myself pouring myself a drink we don't really even want it, but it's Thursday. Yeah. And so that's kind of a habit of mine that I've actually entered into. And compelling reasons are kind of just presenting new rewards. Not even saying the old rewards are bad, you shouldn't be doing them, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's really just re like redirecting our attention to something else that's compelling and exciting. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I think that's really powerful to know that it's a redirection of desire. Similar what you shared in the last podcast where you're talking about like when you're trying to break um, the desire of porn, right? Mm -hmm. And you were just asking God or the desire towards like going and looking at porn. Um, you you asked God to just take away your desire. Desire is not the issue. Yeah. Des oh, I saw it as I saw it as the issue. Though. Right. I mean, it was very like I saw it as the issue as, as because that was the genesis of that. Eventually, would lead to that emotion would eventually mm -hmm. lead to me acting out on it. But the more compelling reason I could tell you, yes, was when I learned that the desire was good, but needed to be redeemed. Right. And the good news was that Christ came to not only show us how, but give us the grace to actually mm -hmm. execute the how, to become, like, to be aligned with him and and to enter into that. And what I was really seeking was to be able to love well. Mm -hmm. Like, I wanted to be able to love well. And when I started to see that that was, that, that became my compelling reason. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you what, once I had that compelling reason, the, the pornography, I was surprised at how fast it started to lose its appeal. Mm. Uh, and and it was just yeah uh, it was so liberating and I remember um, Father Gregory Pine saying this and I'm not sure if he was quoting somebody um, so if if this is a saint's quote go ahead and write yeah. it in the comments otherwise we just canonize you Father Greg yeah we love Father Greg but Father Gregory Pine said the problem is not that we desire too much but that we desire too little mm. Because we are made to desire God who is infinite. who mm -hmm. and, and really w where we fall short is when we desire after finite 
things Mm -hmm. and things that will pass away and fall by the wayside and will just never truly satisfy us. And I would also add to that is not that we, um, the problem is, is not that we desire too much, but too little and we desire in the wrong direction, (laughs) right? So we just aren't desiring towards the one who can fulfill us. Mm -hmm. So with that said, how many of you are excited to find your compelling reasons? Mm-hmm. Reasons, not Multiples. just one. Yeah, multiple reasons. Um, and and I want to, I want to highly encourage you all to like, if you really want to change a habit, to like find twenty of them. This is fun. This is actually creative. This is like using your brain in the right way. We're gonna do this. All right, so. One thing that I'm going to take Matt through this exercise, and we encourage you all to do this with us, but um, it's called the seven whys. And a lot of people know about the five whys, but we like the seven whys. Yeah, I've heard the five whys comes from actually uh, Toyota manufacturing. Yeah, it was a car company issue. Yeah, and it was yeah. it was part of their, their uh, Kaizen process, which was just once they asked the question why five times, they got to the root of some sort of problem. Um, but when you ask the seven whys, you're getting down to like uh, like the ultimate driver of the problem. Now, sometimes like I've gone through this exercise before and sometimes I get there in three whys. Like mm-hmm. I can't go any deeper than three. Like mm-hmm. it's, but it's, but going through the exercise of continue to ask yourself why, once you hit that kind of cyclical point and you're just like, okay, well, I'm doing this because I love my family. It's just like, okay, well, why is loving your family is great? Because, well, I'm doing this because I'm loving my family. Like, you just kind of get to that repeat stage. Mm-hmm. You're kind of you're kind of there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good to go through it with somebody else, too. Because mm-hmm. sometimes they can hear some things and pick up and push and just flip the question a little differently so that you, mm-hmm. you get to a different answer. Uh, but this is a fun exercise. You guys are going to like this one. Yeah, and it's so easy. I mean, you just do it by yourself. Yeah, like a two-year-old, um, a three-year-old. Yes. Why? Why, Why? is really Why? the best question. It really is. I mean, I, I, we teach other coaches and we're like, all you have to do is ask why. <laughs> like, if, if, if I could, like, leave my coaches with one sentence, <laughs> that's what it is. Um, so I want to pray first. Because I think, and Matt and I did not go through this beforehand. So you guys are, you know. I journaled on it this morning, so it's fresh. Good. Um, But we're going to find out why he wants to do Exodus 90. So, um, come Holy Spirit, come. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Lord, I ask you to guide this session. I pray for your truth. I pray that I don't get in the way of what you want to do here today, what you want to reveal. I pray for you to illuminate Matt's mind, to strengthen his will, and heal his heart. Blessed Mother, I ask you to pray for us. Our Lady of Sorrows, pray for us. I pray this all in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. All right, Matt. So, you're starting Exodus 90. Yes. And why did you choose to do that? Uh, well, I've been growing aware that I, um, I go to comforts. I've got quite a laundry list of comforts that I just kind of go mm-hmm. to in different situations. And, and uh, I just, I don't think, I, I think that they are standing in the way 
of a deeper relationship with God mm -hmm. and keeping me from things that I desire. Um, and so, you know, one of those things would be like being more present to you or being more present to Avila or to clients or friends and business and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. so um, I see some of those, I, I want to get rid of some of those comforts that I've got. And this just seems like it was something that was, you know, an opportunity to do that. The focus mm -hmm. was on that. The asceticism actually appealed to me. Mm -hmm. um, so why why do you want to get rid of those comforts? You kind of said it, but I want want to clarify it. Why do you want to get rid of those? Do you think they're obstacles? I think they're obstacles. Okay. Yeah, I think they're distractions primarily. Distractions from what? Uh, distractions from from uh, giving my time and energy to something that would be more fruitful. Why is that important? And and it's really helpful to be specific. What is more fruitful too? Okay, so, um, so right now, I mean, like we're we're seeking to grow the, grow the business. I think we, I think I spend some really good time with uh, with you and Avila, mm -hmm. um, but I want to be more focused with the businesses that we have and and in, and in growing those. Mm -hmm. And my comforts often, like I go to, I go to when I'm going to those comforts, I'm not thinking about mm -hmm. the business. Okay. So, so why is thinking about the business important? Because uh, I'm, I'm realizing how, as a business owner, it's very important to be creative. Mm -hmm. And I want, and creativity takes deliberate time. Like actually carving out that time for that creative time is so, is so essential to make it a priority. Why do you want to create more? Oh, it's, it's fun. It's, I, think it's, I think it's really fun. I enjoy it. Um, mm -hmm. I enjoy getting to, um, see other people, um, interact with something that I've created and find joy in it or find, mm -hmm. you know, an opportunity to grow or a new insight, um, and getting to be a part of somebody else's story, um, in that capacity. Um, that's awesome. I dig it. Why is it important that you are a part of other people's stories? Well, it kind of like I, it's getting into like a, an intimacy, right? Mm -hmm. There's something... That is, there's something that is just so, um, it feels good. It feels awesome to have an, an intimate connection with somebody. Mm. And I see an intimate connection of that person is open to receive a gift that you have actually like spent time perfecting and working on and refining so that it really is a gift to somebody else and like in that spousal communion mm -hmm. that that you can like there's there's more fruit that comes forth from it and it's so exciting to just participate in that creative power of god in that in that sense why is it important that other people receive your gift i mean i, I honestly i see this feedback a, a reflection on 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 me a reflection of god at work in me like I, I know that i can't give anything without god's grace right mm -hmm. and so if somebody's willing to receive something from me it's i i see that as a reflection of god's grace at work in me there's there's a fruitfulness right that, that the fruit that comes from that that exchange is something that i don't know kind of lets me know that i'm doing god's work kind of like the 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 guys in the parable that Mm -hmm. invested the five talents and got five more. 
Why do you need to know that you're doing God's work? Why is that important? I'm starting to really love God a lot. Mm-hmm. And there's 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 a real there's a real desire to um to see that expand. Mm-hmm. Like I want to I want to see I want to see how expansive uh God's love can be. And I know this sounds like almost Miss America-ish, mm-hmm. perhaps. I'm kind of judging myself a little bit here, but I, I really do want to see that expand. And I really want to be a part of that. Because mm-hmm. um, I know he's inviting me. And I know in my head that that is going to be my greatest fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be where I show up as the best father, as the best husband, as the best businessman. Um, in all these roles that I desire to to like do well and like I, I desire to have that like you know he does all things well mm-hmm. being said about me because mm-hmm. that's not an indication that's not a pat on the bat, mat, back of Matt Engel that's that's like really God's grace working in me and I know that I squander it right now mm-hmm. um, and he's got so much more he wants to give to me but I, I don't know. I, I, I don't receive it. So I, I want, I want to be. I want to make a really big impact. I want to be a saint. Mm. Okay. So there we are. Was that seven? Yeah. But for some reason, like I want to be a saint is not like jazzing me. It's not like. Yeah, but one thing that you did say was you were like, I asked you a question a little bit further back. Where it was like, why is it important for people to receive the gift that you have for them, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I immediately think of the principle of resemblance, where it's like you cannot give what you first have not received. Okay. And so your ability, like really what we got down to it was, I want to be open to receive all that God has for me. Yeah. And this is this is actually like what my journaling exercise was like this morning when I took uh-huh. this to it. And when I got to my exercise seven, which is like when you go through the metanoia process and you're talking with God at this point, he was, the image that he, he gave was like, there was this, there was this gift. It was like a present that was wrapped up and it was being presented to me. And the only, uh, the way that I were to receive that is merely by saying no to some of these other things. Yeah. Yeah. And, it was like, ah, this is kind of cool. Like, it was more so like, I can't wait to see the gift that God has to give to me today. Like the grace, the special grace that he wants to give to me is today. Is that compelling? It was compelling. And then the other thing that came up in the journal was like, I could see like dimly behind him, there were, there was like the stacks of presents. It looked like, <laughs> it looked like, you know, Santa's workshop. There was mm-hmm. just tons and tons of, of gifts wrapped up over here. And I said, what are those? And he goes... I've offered all of these to you before, mm. and you, you have not received these yet. Hmm. And it was kind of like, oh my gosh, man. And it's, and, and, and I have no idea what those things are, mm-hmm. but I'm just so kind of curious to find out yeah. what it is. So maybe your compelling reason is just that curiosity, that excitement of being like like Christmas morning. 
You know what? I like that because we were talking the other day yeah. about how like I kind of like here we are as a few days before Christmas, and I I like don't feel that excitement of anticipation like when I was a kid and mm-hmm. and uh, and it's just because honestly like we're in a place there's nothing that I want. I yeah. mean, you you ask me, keep asking me, what do you want for Christmas? It's my mom, and it's like I don't I don't know. Like I got everything that I, I have mm-hmm. no desire for. You know, material gifts. Material gifts. Most yeah. are really expensive ones, but. Um, yeah, Matt has really high end taste. <laughs> well, it's just like. Okay. So. Yeah. Material That's okay. Material he, like, world. never buys anything for himself. It's like once every five years. And so I'm like, okay, that's fine. I get books. In the meantime, I shop for myself all the time at Walmart. <laughs> and Five Below. Yeah. Thank God. I love low Thank price you, Jesus. things. Five Below. I love finding a deal. But anyway, back to. <laughs> so your compelling reason is like I'm just so, like, pumped and excited to see what God has for me has in store for me. When I say no to things, like what He has instead. Of that, yeah, which I think is so because it's going to be better than all those other things. That's exactly. the other thing too. Like it, it will be better. And it will satisfying. be better than the warm shower. It will be better than the drink on Thursdays. It will be better than the snacking between meals or watching football. Like it will be better than those things. It has to be. Yeah, which that's kind of what the Lord has been speaking to me a lot lately because I've been working on a lot of my buffering activities as well, and He's like. And so I want to confirm what you said because this has been my journaling for the last like two weeks and the Lord just keeps going, aren't, aren't you at all curious about what I have for you <laughs> instead of this little treat or whatever it is that you're going towards? Like, aren't you even the tiniest bit curious? Like, I don't lie, Aaron, you know? Like, I say, and and it seems that we're talking kind of an indulgent child like ish relationship with God and here's the truth this is where I'm at right now mm-hmm. in my faith like this is I, I know a lot in in the faith I know a lot of theology but like where I'm at with my trust in the Lord and my trust in his goodness and his abundance is kind of infantile like I'm, I'm kind of like Lord here's where I'm at mm-hmm I, I do need rewards right now. I need little rewards. Like, this is just where I'm at. I'm going to be totally honest with you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm willing to be like, okay, yeah, I'll give you that sacrifice. But, like, I, I'm not willing to lie to God on this. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. here's the truth. When I lie to him, like, I, I'm the one who backpedals. I'm the one who gets the brunt of that. I'm the one, like, my relationship with God wanes. I start to be resentful towards him. Like, there, it's yeah, just not Yeah, you're a, the one that condemns yourself at that yeah, point, too. It's not a great trajectory. So, really, what I'm like, here's where I'm at. I need rewards almost all of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I'm not going to lie about that. It, there's something so liberating in just being totally honest with God. And instead of being like, I should be up here, I should be this type of saint right here, and just be like, uh, this is where I'm at. Yeah, like uh, Teresa of Avila and John of the Cross, they're just like, 
Don't be those people that like they they pray because they're looking for the good feelings or those consolations or those spiritual gifts. Like it will lead you astray. And it's just like, all right, Lord, like you give these things though to the little children, like at the beginning. In the same way, like he, he said, um, what was it? one of the examples? I think uh, St. Francis de Sales said, like imagine like uh, giving the the child like a, a little bit of a, almost like a chocolate or something. Mm-hmm. So to like entice them to give you a kiss. Like if you give you, I'll give you this chocolate if you just give me a kiss. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of that, that, it's alluding to that prayer of union, that adoration, that mouth to mouth, the kiss of, of, of God. Um, but that's kind of, yeah, that's, that's a bit of where I'm at right now. And it's, it's not, not all like, pleasure. Oh, I'm just, I just want to love, love, love you, Lord. Like I'm, it's not authentic. It's not me. all pleasurable goods too. It's not all pleasurable rewards. Like what I mean is like, sen- like sen- sensory pleasure. Mm-hmm. Like a reward of mine that I just love doing is going for a walk. Um, here's the thing. I live in upstate New York all year round and um it's like negative it was negative two degrees yesterday and so i can't just go for a walk and so like that kind of thing is a reward to me even just going and being able to walk to an adoration chapel Mm -hmm. and i have to get in a car and drive and heat it up and all these things like to have that comfort of being able to just go and be in adoration and take an hour take some time like Yes, a lot of people would say like, oh, that's like, that's an aspiring reward. That's an aspiring goal. I'm like, that's peace for me. I love that as a reward. Mm -hmm. Um, So really, I think if you understand, if you can relate to what we're talking about here, um, that you need those little rewards along the way, I think just be honest with God and tell him that. He wants you to be honest with him. He doesn't want you to be pretending like you know how like you're if further you, along in the journey than you actually yeah. are. Have you ever had a relationship with somebody like that? Do you have a story? No, but what I'm saying is like, have you ever had a relationship with somebody who's like, oh my gosh, aren't we like the best of friends? And you're like, I just met you <laughs> yesterday. You know, like somebody who goes all in, and you're like, I, I don't you. trust you. What? <laughs> yes, I don't know you. Right. And, and like pretend that you're all knowing and all seeing God, right? And and you're like, um, I don't believe you, Aaron. <laughs> no, you don't. You're just doing this for no rewards. You're I'm just doing this. So sure about you're that. just journaling this because you hope that someday someone will find <laughs> your journal and they will publish it and many people will read it and say how holy Aaron yes. Engel was. Yes, yes, yes. Except I don't have that type of patience. I want everything right now, Matt. Yeah. So there is such a... Okay, so in order to find a compelling reason or compelling reasons is to A, just be present where you are right now. Please don't pretend you're somewhere, somewhere further along. I don't think God's interested in a relationship with somebody like that. I mean, I'm just speaking. I might be completely speaking out of term, but... There's a way of of aspiring to be a saint, but also being present of where you're at right now. And, yeah. And speaking to God to that. And giving yourself permission to, to just be that. Like, I know there's some yeah. guys that are listening that are going through, they're going to be going through Exodus 90 that are probably like, yeah, I, my reason for doing this is I just want to see if I can do it. I want to see if I can, right? 
it's a little bit of a self-indulgent reason. Like it's it's like a pat on the back, but it's or it's like it's like the person that does the marathon just because they want to accomplish something. Well, I don't think it would get you very far. It's not. Though. A, I don't know. I mean, it, maybe, maybe if you're like uh, have a will of steel. Got me through an ultra marathon. <laughs> yeah, I got okay. Got Matt through an ultra marathon. So yes, Back I just want to see if I could do it. It might get you to a certain point, but the transformation doesn't happen, and so. Yeah, I mean, but like even if, but I'm, all I'm saying is, if that's where you're at right now, start there, mm-hmm. and. Like when you bring that desire, you're like, this is what I got. And this is like what we do in exercise three when we're goal setting with God. And we recognize that sometimes when we're, we have a goal that we set, it's kind of like materialistic in, in the motivations that we've gotten, the desires that are there. And what we say at Metanoia Catholic is like, you want to start in an honest place. Honesty is the best place to start versus a dishonest, but like it looks more pious and more polished. Like that's mm-hmm. the opposite of what God wants, but not being afraid to be honest, even if it looks like it's a little, there's some vice that's peppered into your desires at that point, mm-hmm. or it's a little self-focused or even narcissistic or egotistical, like just I'll bring it to Jesus and say, all right, this is where I'm at. I want you to purify it. And I really want you to purify it because I know that when you do, it's going to give me something far greater than I could possibly, mm-hmm. like than what I've got right now. Yeah, he and can't work. I with can't it. receive it right. I'm I'm not even able to receive it right now. So like, mm-hmm. the Lord might have to just do a little bit of work on you first to just kind of perfect your ability to even receive the vision of the the mm. of the gift that He wants to give to you. There's so so much freedom in that though, just to allow yourself to desire and be honest with God. I can't even tell you if you have not done this in your prayer life, please try it. Just try it one time Mm -hmm. and see how fruitful that prayer experience is. Because God, he doesn't want to have a relationship with like a robot or a puppet that he thinks that, that we think he wants. Mm -hmm. Like I said, who wants to be in a relationship with somebody like that? Like you'd be like, oh my gosh, just grow a brain. Like actually have your own opinions and like stop (laughs) acting like we're best friends when we're not. (laughs) Yeah. I think of, I think of the, the book, The Giving Tree. Right, it's like a tearjerker book. It's, uh, what's what's the guy's name? Light in the attic. I don't know. I don't know. My, I my, never my, read that. My daughter's a little afraid. Shel Silverstein. Uh, my daughter's oh a little my afraid gosh. of his. Have you his guys crazy ever seen picture his on the back picture of his on the back of his book? Like, he looks like a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> he but. does look like a crazy murderer. God rest his soul. But <laughs> great book. But he he wrote this book, The Giving Tree, and if you're familiar with it, it starts out with a young boy that is, uh, and this tree is so the image of the father. Mm-hmm. And a young boy that would just come and he would swing from the tree's branches and eat apples and climb the tree and just play hide and seek with it. It was really cute. And then eventually the boy starts growing up and he spends less time with the tree and the tree is just like, oh man, I just want this boy around. And eventually the boy just keeps growing older and coming back and saying, I need this, I need this. And just taking stuff from the tree to the point where the tree has nothing left to give. Uh, It's just a stump. And then uh, at the very end, the the boy, spoiler alert, the boy is like, all he can do is just sit and rest. And he sits on the tr- on the tree stump, and the boy's happy, and he's resting in this tree. And the tree is happy at the mm. end. That's how it ends. Like, the tree is happy. So, like, eventually, like, sometimes God even gives us these, uh, these temporal desires that we have for finite things. 
so that we might come to know that they really are not what is going to truly satisfy us. And he wants, he wants to give us, in some cases, the experience of that, to really know that these things, like know in the depths of our bones that these are mm-hmm. things that are not going to satisfy us. So we no longer turn to them. And we turn to other things. But ultimately, even if it takes an entire lifetime like it did with this boy, um, that at the end of your life, you want nothing but just to rest in the arms of the Father. Mm. Like, that's a beautiful thing. But if you're not there right now, mm-hmm. that's okay. Allow God to just perfect you and give yourself permission to not be a saint right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And try this exercise, the wise, and be honest. Please, 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 please. It's not worth doing if you're not going to be honest. Mm-hmm. And it might, it seems like a very simple exercise and anyone can do it, but it might be difficult because you may have um, numbed your desires Mm -hmm. and you may have kind of just put yourself aside and your heart's desires aside for other people in a beautiful way of sacrificing for others. But we just ask you to um, give yourself permission to go there with the Lord. I highly recommend praying before you do it pray that the Holy Spirit kind of speaks through you with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you only get to the third why, that's okay, you know? But just kind of dive a little bit deeper. Like, this, the exercise helps you dive deeper. So it's yeah. not just, oh, I just want to know if I can do it. Like you said, that might motivate you to a certain point. But now it's like, hey, Matt, do you want to know all of these gifts that God has for you in store for you for every time you say no to something else? Yeah. Here's something that I've been reflecting on a lot lately. We always think as Catholics, or maybe it's just me, but I've noticed that we're always like, oh, but the saints sacrificed, they suffered, all of this stuff. So much of it is the focus on the suffering. But I always, I've been lately contemplating on what is that thing, that love, that compelling reason that they just don't even care about the suffering. <laughs> yeah. Right? That yeah. they're just like, give me more. You know, like so many of their quotes are just like, eh, it's whatever, not a big deal. Like, look at this amazingly compelling thing over here. That's what I'm so interested in learning about. Yeah. St. John of the Cross talks about this after like getting to the actual prayer of union, like the unitive way, right? Mm-hmm. It's He's entered the spiritual marriage with God, and he's still alive here on earth. And he says, like, you'd be willing, it's either him or Teresa of Lisieux, you'd be willing to come back and live another thousand years and endure any suffering, any hardship that God gives to you uh, to help, for any reason that God gives it to you, you're just so, like, driven by love, Mm. like mad arrows. Like, you you have received God's mad arrows uh, for him, you're just so compelled that you're, it just doesn't matter at that point. Like, that is a compelling reason. That's mm-hmm. what I really want us all to just start focusing on. Shifting yeah. that focus. Yes. I love it. I love it. Awesome. So, compelling reason why. Gentlemen, if you're going through Exodus 90, 
Uh, I'm going to be kind of sharing a little bit of my own experience here, peppering it in throughout some of the podcasts. You should so, document it. We should maybe like talk about that. Yeah, That'd well, I'm, fun. I think I might just like with I want to I want to do it with. Oh, I'm going to be certainly journaling about it. I'm going to mm-hmm. have lots of thoughts that are popping up. <laughs> it's like I two weeks my out. Life. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Hello, Ryan Foley, he, my, uh, one of my business partners, he actually works with uh, the, the team over at Exodus a bit too. He actually had this prototype of this little overlay that you put like over your shower dial to like turn it up or the heat down. And there was like these different thresholds where it was like the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak it was like when it got warm. And then it was like, uh, and then it was like somewhere in the middle, it was like, you are lukewarm. I, I, I spit you out. Because no was, way. And then it was like all the way, yeah, just like. That's pretty um, funny. Yeah, kind of. It was it was clever. Mm-hmm. So think about your little rewards. Think about things that like just help you through these momentary times of um, trial and really compelling reasons. You can. You're allowed. Give yourself permission, guys. Yes. All right. God bless. Bye. Hey folks, thanks so much for being with us. If you want to learn more about Metanoia Catholic and how to get coaching with us, go to metanoiacatholic.com. That's M-E-T-A-N-O-I-A catholic.com. Thanks so much for listening.